What is up, guys? It's Stu. It's another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. And earlier in 2020, I essentially turned off working with new clients. You know, we went from accepting probably one in three, one in four to probably one in 10 throughout 2020 because of everything going on. I needed to take care of my home base, which is urban movement. We were getting ready to roll out the license model. I just could not devote the time to working with any additional micro gym owners. I am opening that back up, and that number is 40. I will work with 40 gym owners per month. That is it. I currently probably have anywhere from 15 to 18 spots available right now. If you are interested in working with me without any contract, without any bullshit, literally you book it month to month to month for either 30 minutes or a 60 minute call, you pick and have full access to Microgym University and have a bat phone where you can literally access me via text audio, video, phone call, whatever it is, when shit is popping off in your business, then please shoot me a DM right this fucking second on Instagram at WTF Gym Talk and tell me you're interested in working together. I'd love to talk with you more about it. Enough of the plug. Let's get on with the podcast. All righty, guys. What is up? We got another episode of Branding with Boris, my brother from Down Under. How are you, dude? I'm great, man. I'm great. Good to be back. Yeah. Um, it's been it's been cool. It's getting cold. It's getting yeah. straight. Is it getting cold there? It, it it gets it gets okay. It gets down to like I don't know 25, 30 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, which it's is getting cold. hot here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're traveling. You're touring, right? Well, yeah, that, yeah. Every month, one one show or one shoot the shit episode. Now I'm trying to do that. You know, I got that for the rest of the year, and then try to keep that schedule going. So, um, if I did, like, honestly. I would come down and see you in a heartbeat. I like you, the amount of drugs, the amount of either edibles or um, Ambien I would need to take to sustain an 18 hour flight. I just don't even know, or 20, I don't even know how many. I'm the East Coast. It'd probably be longer than 18 hours to get East to you. East Coast is about 18 or 19 hours. 18. Whew, I would have to be like absolutely dead to the world unconscious, <laughs> like productive for the first five hours. And then yeah. I would just like, I, I would lose my fucking mind. I'm the same when I go um, when I go back to Croatia, which is like my kind of heritage. Um, it's a 24-hour slog. Yeah, so it's it's just I hate it. I just want to yeah. jump out by like hour 15. I'm like, just let me out. Yeah, just, that's that's I'll tough. But but last time we were supposed to do this earlier, and then my fucking kid, yeah. they, we had the whole school thing. Uh, every yeah. time one of those little little sniffly fucks gets a COVID scare, <laughs> they kick all the kids out. They're like, oh, everyone go home and get tested. I was like, God damn yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just got my second shot, my second vax. Okay, so you got your vaccine. Dude, I mean like, okay, there's soreness in the shoulder, but I've got like this uh -huh. lymph foot node that's like, it looks like there's a fucking golf ball. And like, you know, that happened. You get that with like most vaccines. There's sometimes a lymphoid response that it shows yeah, it's that it's processing and taking it. Yeah. I didn't have any side effects. I'm just, I feel super sore. Now, granted, I worked out like the day before. I'm like, maybe I'm just sore from working out. It's a higher degree of soreness today. Okay. Shit. That sucks. Mm -hmm. um, we're like, I don't even know where I'm at vaccine wise in terms of like on the schedule. Yeah. Not even close. But oh, in the US, we just lie. I told them I was a childcare worker. I got a fucking four year old. I watch, I watch a kid. <laughs> no one's <laughs> paying you. No one's paying you. No one's paying. Well, you, um, you're right. Someone should be. Someone should be fucking paying me for how good, <laughs> you know, for the, all the time that this kid didn't go to school and I had to play daddy teacher. Yeah. Psh, you don't yeah. want me teaching, playing daddy teacher. Fuck that. 
Um, but yeah, that fit into what we're talking about later. You can you can start daddy daycare free. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. But um, okay, cool. Well, I mean, anything else going on new with you that we need to we need to wrap up on? Last time we spoke, um, I kind of I told the story of uh, Noble Clay, mm. and and they're kind of been on um, the podcast. Oh, uh, did you? Yes. I, I missed that episode. Incredibly, incredibly interesting. Very cool, smart dude. Yeah. And, you know, like the, we kind of spoke about their model and, and, and how it's accessible to all and that sort of thing. And I'll put the call out, like if anyone has that kind of business, like I would love to get involved and, you know, donate my time. And it wasn't directly through the podcast, but uh, this couple from Texas got in touch and, and um, Maggie is a, like she's a, she's been a special education teacher um, for a long time really good at it really passionate about it passionate about fitness also and is opening a gym for special needs people oh wow um, kids, kids and adults and um we got on a call and super passionate and, and i just it, the the story really kind of touched me and um so i'm doing their branding and they're like in the process of it and it's really cool i'm learning a ton um you know about what happens in terms of health outcomes for special needs people when they have access to fitness, when they have access to play and, and that sort of thing. Um, the impact's huge. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my update on that. So it's, uh, it's really cool. It worked out. It's very well. cool. We've got some What's good What's the name of their project or the name of the company? Uh, Endless Fitness. Endless Fitness. Perfect. I love it, yeah. man. Really so you'll be cool. doing some branding work and brand design stuff with them? Mm-hmm. everything the, the the whole thing from like strategy we're in the strategy phase at the moment brand identity getting to look right and then i'm doing a website for them as well fuck yeah so yeah we're gonna be all the way set up uh, try to get like since it's a i'm assuming is this pro bono or discounted yeah 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 pro bono i'm cool doing i it. mean since it's pro bono when you have these calls with them record that shit <laughs> upload yeah, the content because I, I mean you essentially get because yeah. you typically when a client's paying you to do uh-huh. your you're not really going to share all that because it's a paying client necessarily yeah. some of the stuff you can yeah. we had cool yeah. people like jeremy whatever but actually those calls like yeah. that's stuff that you probably could never probably repurpose content wise but in this scenario it might be a gets yeah. i think it's completely appropriate in this scenario i think so and i mean like i could probably do it for a lot of my clients i would just need to get their permission, permission. and show them ahead of time and stuff um but for me it's 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 content takes time and time is is hard to come by <laughs> but if you just document it like right like if you were just doing the call document it and then the only thing it would take time cutting up the pieces you want and just hitting upload that would be the hardest thing you're right here's what we're gonna do Stu. i'm gonna hire <laughs> you as my content consultant and you're gonna teach me a few things and we'll go from there fair All enough right? fair enough right. um <laughs> so for today's show and tell uh, we each, we each have something we want to bring up. Um, I'll do my, I want to do mine last cause it'll lead into the conversation okay. we're doing after this, but what is it you've got? What, what is it you've seen out in the space in the world that, uh, that caught your eye? Man, some, something that I saw that was really cool. Uh, I was watching Queer Eye, uh, with, with my wife on here. It's on Netflix. I'm not sure where it's playing in, in the U S for anyone who's and, not familiar with it. Will you just give the premise of the, sh- the show? Oh, so, so Queer Eye, it's. Four, four or five, um, you know, guys, they're gay. And it used to be this thing of like, they, they would give people a makeover. And the first iteration of the show, I think like 10 or 15 years ago, it was very much superficial based on looks and that sort of thing. Now, 
it's really for today's day and age you know they have a guy who helps them set up the right environment at home and kind of renovates it to make it a space conducive to you know like an um, interior the interior designer guy interior designer like evolving as a person they have karama who's you know he's a psychologist and he helps them you know overcome things like in terms of their mental health and of course there's the style aspect of it but it's really it, they're a really kind of great team and the stories are really beautiful because it's like people owning their story and owning themselves again and kind of flourishing as a result of this relationship that they have with these guys and there was uh, an episode where they were actually doing a makeover on a guy who owns kind of like a micro gym it's called body rock boot camp it's in philadelphia and he just kind of like was giving everything of himself to other people you know to his members to to people in his family and you know a very loving guy but was kind of letting himself go and and letting uh his own confidence and his own kind of standards that he holds for other people he was letting them slide for himself so they helped him you know find that again and and he's just kind of everything flourished along with it so you know a lot of gym owners that i talk to they're preaching you know you can't feel from an empty cup and you know you gotta you gotta take care of yourself first to their members but i see a lot of people kind of putting in really long hours, not taking care of themselves. So this was kind of like a really cool reminder of like those that give so much need to take some for themselves as well. Uh, so I think it's season five, episode 20. I'll, I'll, we'll put a link somewhere. But um, yeah, basically that, that was my thing. And, and what I thought was cool about it and what's relevant to, to people listening is they documented this in a really cool way and I think it would be super interesting if somebody has, you know, the time and has a member in their gym that, you know, would be comfortable with this, kind of documenting someone's journey and kind of like a really, because it's not just, you know, fitness, uh, fitness results that come from joining a gym, right? Like we all know that the changes are way bigger. Uh, a lot of the clients that I have, their goal is ultimately for people to say this place changed my life and it changed everything about it. Um, so, you know, documenting that journey would be really, really cool. And almost like the idea that I have of it is someone new joins your gym and each month you kind of have a sit down and an interview and talk about areas outside of life. And, you know, you could have a, a worth of these episodes and, and see where they go from day one to you know, day 365, I think it would be really cool. There's a lot to learn from from a show like that of how we help people. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I believe a lot of gym owners and trainers don't, they would self-admit it. We are talking amongst ourselves around the water cooler. Yeah, we're mm -hmm. pretty much like underpaid psychiatrists. We hear so yeah. much bullshit about their life. Yeah. And think of all the little great little sound bites and piece of advice a personal trainer or coach gives us someone about their regular life, but we never advertise that. We never think yeah. to like share that piece because obviously it's not the service that we're getting paid for. It's like an auxiliary amenity to being around yeah. somebody in that setting. But I mean, absolutely, I could I could think right now at Urban Movement, a handful of clients that I know if we're like, hey, you got started with this like three weeks ago, right? And I know you're you're well on your way and you're excited about this. 
how's what does your apartment look like? What does your refrigerator look like? Like, and would you let like me or Deuce come in there with the camera and be like, no, like going through the refrigerator, like what the fuck yeah. is this? Like having a makeover, yeah. like you know, um, you know, fucking rip these curtains, like have some open light in here, like you know, yeah. very similar. Yeah. I yeah, you're right. I think I could definitely see certain brands and, and owners or anyone who has that initiative doing yeah. something really cool and neat like that. It could be, and like especially like an easy one is nutrition. You know, like just kind of follow them around for a day's worth of eating. Be like, like you're yeah, yeah. Put that, you're putting that in your mouth. Like literally, yeah. let's read the ingredients, and you tell me I'm taking xylenol. Yeah, you can't even pronounce that shit. Xf nine nine. You know, and that's what I'm putting in my mouth, and <laughs> just yeah. kind of like do this thing. You know, raising their awareness, and it could be cool. Like you, if you have a great sense of humor, you make it funny. If you if you're very like sincere, you do it in a in a very loving way, and you have the tears. Like there's ways to do it that I think um, we can go beyond creating content of, of the people just within the gym because, like you said, it, it's it's not the amazing you know coaching of the squat that like connects to people. It's emotional, and that's I think Queer Eye does that really well. It it's like okay, so they're gonna get this guy like some better clothes. But the transformation and the emotion is what ties it all in. Um, and it's very entertaining. And that's actually like, it, it, was, it was last year I started watching it and it was like kind of like a feel good thing in what was a dark year for many. Um, yeah. So yeah, th think about that. Think about like the kind of content that can come out beyond the gym floor. I, the thing I like about Queer Eye, I've seen, uh, I've probably seen like 10 different episodes. They, at least the ones that I've seen, there's a very strong juxtaposition between the the five gay guys, right? Or yeah. four, whatever, the five guys. And then sometimes they have someone on there. You're like, oh my God, this guy looks like he's not going to be cool with all these gay dudes coming into his house. And like, yeah. there's this huge contrast. And in branding, and let's talk marketing and the uh, the multimedia presentations that brands and companies present – I'm uh -huh. such a huge fan of contrasting constant. Like there's nothing yeah. more magnetic than these five gay dudes that are, they are admitted they're hilarious. Like they're yeah. funny as fuck, 100%. but simultaneously, like some of the people they pair them with, you're like, this looks like the kind of guy that if you like, you would stereotype him as he's not going to be cool. And in the very beginnings of some of the, I don't know, not contestants, but some of the subjects, the yeah. individuals, they're they're a little standoffish at first, and then yeah. like kind of that really good vibe feeling is like, and most of them cry at the at the very end, and it's this beautiful, very Hugging. cool scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think stuff like that is it could be really cool. I bet you there are some clients that some people are listening to here that you know. I always think about. It. I've got a lot of guys in my gym. They're like the big kind of macho, like, yeah. and, and I'm like they're not like huge like a bodybuilder, but they're just like they're the co the client that when you try to give them a little bit of advice, like, nah, I got it, pal. Like they're just more standoffish. <laughs> yeah. But could there be an opportunity to highlight some like working with a coach one-on-one and seeing someone break from this tough, rugged exterior to just kind of melting into your coaching and taking your advice and then being so grateful for yeah. the, what happened on the back end. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think, yeah. And, and I think what you're like, what you're describing with that juxtaposition and then they're very clever for doing it this way. Um, Cause that's what, that's what gets you involved. Like, you know, you're like, Ooh, like, cause some scumbag part of you wants to see someone react badly and be like, get out of my house. Yeah. 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 Um, 
so they're the, setting the, up a potential conflict that you're like, oh exactly. shit, is this going to happen? And then exactly. it doesn't. And and we we do this in branding and, and marketing. It's one of the kind of uh, strategies that we can use is to build tension. You want tension because tension creates interest. Like people want to find out what's going to happen next. Even in something as simple as logo design, like two letters that maybe they're a little too close together, a little too far apart. There's there's a there's something that feels like it shouldn't really be there, but you can't look away. Um, you know, that that's something to think about working on your brand and and you know, is there something that you know fits, you know connects, but to the outside world it seems like, oh that that's weird. I mean, this is the whole premise of um the movie twins <laughs> like, sure yeah yeah, danny, yeah danny devito yeah like classic the contrast and the tension between that of like you know what's it mean to be a man essentially yeah it's like chris hart and the rock yeah, yeah. <laughs> similar similar idea um no i love that you know and you know i'm sure someone's thinking and like the lay is like oh fit eye i'm gonna come up with fit eye right where i just go and i like well, yeah and you're you're on the right path if someone's like yeah. really creative and they have the bandwidth and they wanted to create again i've talked about this years no micro gym has come up with any kind of uh mini sitcom we, we were talking earlier like street parking is the first fitness yeah. company i've seen that yeah. has created a sitcom if you're not familiar with street parking Street parking is an online programming um, service and an, an online workout community, uh, 30,000 some people deep and an incredible company, uh, Miranda Alcarez and her husband, Julian, bro, those, their episodes, they recreated their own episodes of the office, the same style. Like they literally just took the yeah. office template and then they write the scripts The uh, Julian does. Oh my God. They're so good. But I, I, you don't see enough comedy in fitness. Yeah. Or right, any kind right. of episodic show yeah. in fitness. Yeah. And that's what I've always thought about is like, how do you create an episode out of this? Like, I think people only get as creative as, you know, what they've seen before. And they don't think to look like this is always a thing that I advise my clients. I advise all of you guys listening. Look outside of the fitness industry for inspiration, you know. Like I look to architecture, I look to startup, I look to wellness, I, I look at, you know, what's a construction company doing on their Instagram? Like the, it, it's all interesting because you can take stuff from there and apply it and, and remix it to be appropriate for your clients. But if you're only ever looking at, you know, what's urban movement doing, what's active life doing, what's this, this gym, that gym, you're only going to churn out the same stuff and there's no tension, there's no... Um, no freshness to it then the engagement is going to be lower but if you're watching netflix and you're like I think that's hilarious something's hilarious like how can you copy that skit or something like kura something's like oh wow they really captured that moment like i'm getting teary-eyed how can you re remix that for something that happened in your gym because those moments exist there isn't a person listening to this podcast who owns a gym who hasn't had someone cry on them in the consult room yeah right yeah. Yeah. So those moments exist, whether you, like it's okay to capture them or not is a different conversation, but you know, that th there's something you can take creatively from the, the world's bigger than the fitness industry essentially and, and take from there. No, I agree. I agree. And if anyone, if you guys haven't seen some of those examples, again, like using the office and, and what street park has done, go watch it and you'll instantly have a respect for what happens when a fitness company looks to other industries yeah. like the comedic 
sitcom industry, television, primetime television, and, and adopts it for their marketing. And it's, it's absolutely fucking incredible. Um, you know, what would be a hilarious one. And I think you could do this because like, this is just, you're, you're a natural, um, like how they do the roasts, like the roast of Justin Bieber and all that sort of stuff. Host that at your gym and have you roast the members. God, that's funny. That's such a great idea. Member roast. That's hilarious. Yeah, um, member. That's funny. It does. As you were saying that, I was like, cause I'm flying out, I'm doing a shoot the shit with street yeah. parking. Oh, cool. I, and so Miranda was texting. She's like, all right, come on and out. We're picking our dates and all this shit, but you got to work out with us. I'm like, yeah, sure. Fuck yeah. it. It will work out, but I'm going to be yeah. like, cool. I'll work out. I want to be in a goddamn episode. That's yeah. what I want. I want to be in a fucking office episode. Give me a part and let me read some lines. I want to be in a fucking episode. Um, no, that's cool. All right. So my show and tell for this one, we were looking, I was looking, um, I've been very, and we'll talk about this soon, but I've been, you know, if you look at the economical impact of freelance workers, gig workers, um, side hustles, that part of the economy has in, in the United States has grown four times larger than that of the regular W-2 employee workforce in the United States. More people freelance now than actually work for companies in paid That's positions. Okay. So um, I started doing so in a company I had used a decent amount uh, in my early days of creating content and needing help with like subtitles and stuff like that was a company called Upwork. Right. Uh -huh. So people know Fiverr. Upwork is another yeah. version of that. And Upwork, they, did, yeah. they did in 2018 these amazing 15-second shorts that essentially um, were captivated. I'm going to show a few of them here in a second because they're really quick. But they, uh, they, they brought in pop culture, and they brought in essentially their, what it is they do in a super simplistic way. So let me go ahead, and everyone's going to be able to hear this. We're going to – essentially the campaign was called Hey World. And okay. these videos are them saying, hey, influential pop star, icon, president, whoever, celebrity, we can help you with your thing because we do this. And it was super simple. Let me go ahead and pull this. Let me do a screen share. Everyone, again, if you're listening at home on the podcast and driving, you're going to have to use your, use your thinking cap on these, but I'll do my best <laughs> to describe what the fuck's going on. Um, hold up. Let's make sure we're sharing audio. There we go. All right. Hey, Mr. President. Yes. It's Upwork. Need a social media strategist? There we go. Upwork. Whatever you need done, get it done with a freelancer. So for everyone that couldn't see that, it was a literally, a, it's, these are all cartoon versions. It was Donald Trump tweeting away. And they went in and it was the, the, the video hey, the tweets happening and they just locked up his Twitter account essentially is what they were recommending. But again, it was, Hey, Mr. President, which at the time and, you know, 2018, when this gets published, that's kind of, a, that's a big deal. Right. And, and uh, his prolific tweeting, um, there's another one here. I really liked, uh, you know, Elon Musk, obviously one of the most popular tech and cultural icons of the time. Hey, Elon Musk. It's Upwork. You seem pretty busy. Need a personal assistant or eight? Upwork. Whatever you need done, get it done with a freelancer. And they just constantly keep repumping in yeah. what it is they do. 
Whatever you need done, get it done with one of our freelancers on Upwork. Um, this one was for The Rock, which I loved. Hey, The Rock, it's Upwork. Need a website for that 2020 presidential run? Hashtag, I'm with Dwayne. Upwork, whatever you need done, get it done with a freelancer. And so they just have a ton of these that they ended up doing. And they're just these really good shorts and um, these short videos. And I just absolutely loved them showing the value of freelancers using clickbaity top, you know, uh, pop culture icons. And essentially, again, you instantly get what it is they do. They have freelancers who do a bunch of different things and you're interested in it or you can at least click on it or whatever because they're using very popular names in the titles. Um, and And it's relative. Like if Upwork is even telling the most important people in the world, that yeah. freelancers and gig workers can work for them. Well, then, you know, Sally, who's got a copywriting business, could probably get away yeah. with it too. Yeah, I, I love that. That that's the genius of the campaign, right? Like they've chosen these people who would never hire someone on Upwork. Like, you know, first of all, Donald Trump's not hiring a social media manager. No, ever. no, no, no. But, no, no. Um, but you know, The Rock's not going to get a website built no. from Upwork. But like you said, the insinuation is. If it's good enough for them, it's good enough for you. And it, it's just kind of like they're, they're coming across with humor as well because humor breeds trust. We spoke about this last time. And you're like, that's hilarious. Let me see if you know, someone can do my bookkeeping or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but the, here's, here's an image. I'd even, this is an image that I'll just have to describe this, but like there was humor to it too. So look at this one. Hey, Blockbuster. Never mind. <laughs> they, they, and this was, this is that's, a, that's uh, punching down. That's yes, punching. this is punching down. And this was a, uh, a mural that they did or a, a poster in a subway in New York City. Cause I mean, they had an entire, so the cool thing about branding campaigns when you get to these big companies, they're not just these quick little clever YouTube shorts. Yeah. They're fucking, yeah. they're billboards. I mean, there's an entire Times, uh, Times Square billboard campaign they had for seven months. That was That's, all around the same thing. This whole "Hey World" kind of yeah, kind of campaign, yeah. which I thought was super cool. Um, Can you imagine yeah. the ad spend? Oh, I mean, oh, correct. Yeah, insane, absolutely insane. But like, I love thinking of campaigns when it comes yeah. to to the marketing and branding side of it because campaigns are multi-dimensional. There's different elements of things that are kind of happening. Um, exactly. You know, and I really, you know, I've always talked, this is my favorite one. Have I told you the one of the, uh, the, uh, the van theft auto, the brewery that stole their own car no. in Charlotte? No. So I've talked about some micro gym university a ton, but anyone else hasn't listened. So there's a brewery in Charlotte, North Carolina that I absolutely love. It's called the unknown brewery. And no. um, they do the best gorilla marketing videos and plays that I've ever, that I've seen in the, in that, in that scene, in that industry. Yeah. So they have a new beer they keep talking about. So they've been on radio spots and they've had videos and everyone and their banners outside the new beer coming, new beer coming. They don't say when they don't say what it is. Yeah. And then they get on their social media. They have these very loud vehicles. When I say loud, not audibly, but like one of them's a, a Dodge Bronco and their, their brand colors are bright green. Yeah, And they have an El Camino and they're all like all these random old cool cars, but are just decked out in their logo. When you see them driving through town, you're like, oh, it's the unknown brewery guys. Anyway, they go on their social media. Someone stole our van. They had this old 1960s van renovated with the logo. 
Yeah. Please help us find it. And I mean, it goes inside, right? <laughs> well, well, so it goes viral. People are like, I think I saw it. And like, they, there would be people posting these quick oh. clips of seeing it driving down the highway. Uh, yeah. They even uploaded, they had a drone as if it looked like a helicopter, like following <laughs> this fucking thing. Like someone stole it. And then they had like people like, I just called Mecklenburg County Police Department and told them. And so oh. they, this is going on for 48 hours and that's Thursday. Yeah. And it leads yeah. up to Friday. Yeah. So Friday around three o'clock, they upload a photo or a video of the, the van back at yeah. the brewery. And yeah. inside of it, they've, they've got a bunch of kegs out of their brand new beer, Van Theft Auto. And Amazing. it was just, and they did it there themselves the entire time, just as obviously as a prank and everything, but it got yeah. everyone so fucking hype. So they had a party to like, Hey, listen, for all the support and everything and everyone be a good sport, come on down. Your first beers on us. I mean, they fucking must've sold a hundred kegs of this goddamn beer. It was like a fucking block party. That's amazing. Yeah. That so like, so like, that was, that's like, a campaign. There's multiple dimensions to that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like, I mean, execution wise, like, you know, there's investment there. Yeah. Like you got drone, you got all this, but it's not what it used to be. Like just to shoot a TV commercial used to be three, four hundred thousand dollars just mm -hmm. for the for the shoot. You know, and now like you know, you could do that kind of guerrilla campaign on an iPhone if you oh, really easily. wanted to. Like you probably get something better. You know, if you're gonna do it, do it right. But it like it's the idea, and that's the thing. It's it's the idea that really captures the attention and like i'm just hearing it i don't care what the visuals are like i don't care how well executed it was just the idea of it is like that's amazing yeah so one thing i we were talking about earlier i wanted to bring up you know during the pandemic i had a lot of this um i still get a lot of it now individuals who either sunned down their gym closed it down or their business during the pandemic or mm -hmm. they're still open they're actually doing decent and they want to evolve into a more specialized skill set that they have that's actually that's unrelated like i don't want to add more gyms i don't want to add yeah. more services i kind of like my gym to just keep doing its thing and i've actually found i have a skill set in this thing and i really enjoy doing it it could be photography it could be art graphic design copywriting um, it could be whatever. It could be financial services and um, you know matrix plotting it and financial models it could be whatever and I got one guy, uh, operational capacity. He believes that's his thing. Yeah. He wants to do consulting for gyms in operational capacity. I was like, that's great. I, lo I love it. So yeah. you and me are in this world. We uh -huh. have, we're gig economists. We are freelancers. We have jobs, not businesses, because without us, right. MacCon Creative yeah. and oh, WTF Gym Talk doesn't exist. Doesn't However, you and me create... Uh, you know, we, I don't, I'm not going to sp speak in general here. We create enough revenue. We have a full, you know, we will never have to hunt for work. We'll never have to work for anyone but ourselves. And we have none of the stress. And I can speak to this as a brick yeah. and mortar business yeah. has. So for anyone that's listening and they have a skill set that they've developed over the years that they were like, I'd like to start a side hustle with this mm -hmm. and see how far I could take it. You know, I, I made a post, I don't know if it's published yet, but I, I showed my Stripe, I think uh, are some Stripe data, like okay. the amount of money that WTF Gym Talk made me additionally in 2018 on top yeah. of this gym business. And it's just like, you can grow this thing as big as you want it to be. And you could take projects when you want and turn them down when you don't and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Talk to me be very transparent 
hundred percent. How do you, how do you feel about your, the, the job you've created for yourself? Yeah. Um, I love talking about this because I'm a hundred percent. I'm so transparent about it. I've had three or four friends go kind of full-time freelance in the last 12 months, um, you know, leaving their jobs. And I just tell them everything. I tell them all the facts, all the figures. Like I, I don't, I don't kind of keep anything to myself because it's honestly been the best decision I've ever made in my career to go out on my own. And I would say it's one of the best decisions I've made was to keep it as just myself, as just, just Boris created, like you said, I've created a job. I haven't created a company because to me, I get anxiety having a company because now there's overheads. Now there's people who rely on me. For me, this is, it's amazing. It's almost like a, the lifestyle. You can't beat it. Now, is it what you see on the YouTube pre-roll ads of like, you're at the beach, that's my family in the background. And like, you know, I do one hour of work a day and I make 800,000. It's not that. It's hard work. It's a lot of work. Sometimes it's late nights, but there's so much flexibility within it that makes it really worthwhile. Financially, it's awesome because my overheads, my overheads like are kind of like, a subscription to a project management software my it, like any overheads that i have i just kind of online and and things to help the business keep going SaaS products then, things like that exactly exactly like maybe 500 bucks a month yeah right everything else is essentially profit and i don't i don't i know some people some freelancers are like well my hourly rate is 150 so then like anything that I make above that is prof like for me, it's all just, this is money that I used to live my life, right? I'm not going to be there calculating balance sheets and stuff like that. It's just not, um, it's just not the way that I do it. So I look at everything as like, I'm earning a living doing something that I really enjoy. And I've had the other side of it, you know, working for other people, working in a company and not having the autonomy of like choosing your own time, not having the autonomy of like driving projects to where, where they need to go, not knowing how to price things or all that sort of stuff that's really out of your control when you're working for someone else. Um, and you kind of take control of it for yourself and, and you can do a lot. There's a lot of creative expression. There's a lot of connecting with people. I can't, I can't speak highly enough of how good it is. And without overheads, like I look at, you know, a lot of my clients, I've, I've had similar things. I've had similar conversations. They're like, I want to get into consulting. I can teach gym owners how to do things better. I want to get into coaching coaches. That's a common one that I hear a lot, you know, mentoring younger coaches or creating some kind of course. All these options are out there for people. Or, you know, like you said, they, they, they might have been an accountant before they opened a gym. And for them, it's like the easiest thing in the world to do bookkeeping for, for their gym and someone else is drowning in books and putting it off and they're six months behind on their tax because they just can't face that burden. And you could literally connect to them and be like, hey, I'll do that for you. And they'll pay you, you know, whatever it's worth. It's out there. And, and for me, it's just, it's been, the, it's been the best thing. It's been four years now. Um, and yeah, I can't speak highly enough of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I started in 2015. So similar timeline-ish. Um, and I... In twenty end of twenty eighteen, I started actually taking a couple small clients of people who Jim was successful 
and they didn't want to scale and grow that. They're like, I actually want to do something different. I want to, like you said, coach coaches, or I want to be a business consultant or whatever. How do I yeah. get started with that? Um, yeah. For anyone listening to this, this is what this is the boiled down advice, you know, without any specifics to your situation that I generally give. Number one, actually have a actually have a skill set and experience, yeah. not even expertise, experience in a genre. Okay. Yeah. And from there, you need to go and let people know you have this just because you own a gym doesn't mean I know you're a very successful gym owner or that you are phenomenal at leadership development within the micro gym setting. Right. You need to be publishing content in that one niche of whatever it is that makes me know, oh, he really, you know, it, this is the only statement you need people to say in the first year. Oh, Stu? Yeah, and he owns that Jews at CrossFit South End thing. He seems to know a lot about sales and like retention. I've heard him talk about, he like makes all these videos about sales constantly. That's yeah. all you need your first inner circle, that first couple of degrees of separation to start making statements about you. He does mm -hmm. a thing or she does a thing. And he also knows a lot about this. And yeah. everything you put out on social, everything you do out there needs to then just, you just boom, you're creating and creating and putting it out there. And then simultaneously, you could be parlaying that into some kind of online course. You could be parlaying it into, you know, an ebook you, or a consulting service. And, yeah. and, and that's how it starts. Exactly. The, the advice that I always give um, when people kind of ask this is, I know you're talking to, for example, like, if it's if it's a, if it's a service you're going to create that will be useful with, still within the realm of like this fitness thing like whether you're going to be a photographer and you're going to go take photos somewhere or you know you're going to do someone's copywriting because your social media is like on fire reach out to those people first you know like the people that you already talked to within the community hey like i'm looking at getting started doing this and with each kind of gig that you get and in the beginning, it might, even though you have this skill set, right, you have some experience, you might not make any money. Like, that's up to you. I'm not going to tell anyone how to charge, but it's okay to do work for free. It's okay to barter. It's okay to charge low prices. It's also okay to charge a ton of money if you believe you're worth it and the work can back it up. So price it how you want to, but get, those, get that work. And every single time you do a job, let's say, you know, let's say it is bookkeeping, right? be entrepreneurial with that like hey Stu, here's this month's bookkeeping it's all up to date now also i went ahead and looked at x y and z and realized like you have these opportunities put in that extra like 30 minutes one hour to give something extra to kind of um, lead into the next job that you might be getting hired for if you're a photographer hey i, I, I came i took photos for two hours and I had another half an hour and I took these really cool, like kind of headshots of your coaches. Um, here's like the print size, you can get them printed and stuff like that. You know, always give a little extra, always think of the next thing. Yeah. Cause they'll also they'll help you grow your portfolio. Right. I'll help you get your word, your name out there. Right. And we always got to give the get, like you talked about like in the beginning, like I charged the first couple ones just so I could get some video content and people asking me questions mm -hmm. on a zoom call were mm -hmm. free. And then beyond that, I started a really low hourly rate back then it was a hundred dollars an hour. And yeah. then over time as my name got more popular and I got really fucking good at this. And I was mm -hmm. like, Holy shit. Like I'm literally spending an hour with somebody and that hour is saving them 
the thousands of dollars in, yeah. in, in, in like, and it's not just me, like, and I think it's, I'm saving a thousand. It's like literally people getting back on for the next call, but like, yeah. bro, I followed that advice because I was going to do something different. And if I would have done this thing different, the way it turned out, I would have spent X. And here's the one thing I would tell everybody. Yeah. Um, whenever someone's like, man, I just, I kind of got imposter syndrome. I don't know whether I should go off on my own and say I'm a consultant or a guru or a designer. I'm a guy who can do a thing now because no one's ever really yeah. known me as that guy. Yeah. First off, you got to get out of, get out of your own way on that. You're either going to do it or you're not. And if you don't have the yeah. gumph to just stand up and be like, Hey, I've been this or I'm still yeah. this, but I'm also not doing this. Then this mm. probably isn't for you, but this is the litmus test. I tell everybody, whatever it is that you're going to get paid on your expertise, you should feel comfortable if I called you and said, hey, there's like for you, I, let's say I called and said uh, yeah. day one when you're getting ready to start and you're like, man, Stu, yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to go out and be a graphic designer on my own, but cool. Here's the <laughs> deal. There's a panel at the hotel. There's a yeah. whole panel here. There's 300 people in attendance and they need somebody else to come up on this panel and do a full Q&A with the audience yeah. as to yeah. about graphic design. Are you available? Yeah. And if you'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I don't feel comfortable. Then you're probably <laughs> yeah. not ready. You need yeah, to feel that's, so that's confident. I like that. That's that's a good test. That's a really good because if you're not confident to do that, you're not confident to do the work. And a big part of this is like like you said, if you're gonna do it, do it and own it. Like it, let's say you, you've gotten really good at Canva and you're creating, you know, social media posts and templates and stuff like that. It's not gonna be the best thing ever, but you know. I compare, I have imposter syndrome all the time because I compare myself to like the work output that I can do as one person. I compare it to what an agency with a $1.5 million branding budget did with a team of 20. And you know, for, for short, <laughs> if we compare ourselves to the right people. But, um, you know, understand that it's not going to be the best, but have confidence in whatever it is that you're putting out there. Uh, and I think that's a great litmus test. The one that I would, I, I would make it even simpler. Like, would you be okay taking money for this? Yeah. And good money. And yeah. if not, you just got to hope the ethics are on the right it. side on that one for that person. Cause there's some people like, well, yeah, they'll, there's some people that'll just take money for doing shit work. Yeah. Well, we're talking about, you'll get found out sooner or later. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and the, that well will run dry really fast. We're talking about people who are like, my gym's doing okay or my gym's not doing okay, but whatever, I have this other skill set and you want to build it into something that's like, actually, you want to put your name to it. You want to be proud of it. And, you know, like we're, we're just assuming that the heart, everyone's heart is in the right place. Yeah. And, and you know, coming back to it from, um, let's just, it's just like, again, why, why would anyone get into this? They really enjoy it, but they also hear or see or believe there's a, there's an opportunity to make a lot of money. There and is an opportunity. There is. The financial freedom that WTF um, that I've created for myself with WTF, yeah. I'm telling you, outsuns the gym. Like, Believe and again, you. and everyone's like, I, I tell people this, I'm like, really? It makes me more money than the gym? Like, not yeah. net from the gym, but again, I've got a rent, I've got full time employees, I've got yeah. benefits, I've got this, I've got, you know, savings accounts that some stuff's got to go in. There's all these expenses. So, my actual take home from the gym for someone who's not in it, like I'm completely removed, yeah. is dwarfed by what I make with low overhead, like you talked about. Yeah. Yeah. The complete freedom to do this whenever, however I want. And yeah. it, the great thing, once you, once you set up a shop, a brick and mortar, 
or yeah. you started a design firm and you put yeah. your name on it and you tell people whatever, your ability to pivot and change, like WTF, the company just decided that it was going to spend $30,000 in gear and airplane tickets in 2021 yeah. and do this shoot the shit show. I didn't have yeah. to talk to anybody. I didn't have to run it by anyone. I didn't have to fucking, I just say, oh, we make that. We make plenty. We make, you know, that's plenty in our fun account. Let's do this yeah. cool shoot the shit thing this year. And yeah. there's just a freedom to that, that I'm just like, I just, I don't know what my life would be like if I still just owned the gym. Yeah, it's it's definitely you have a lot more control. You have a lot more freedom. Um, you know, for for me, it's the kind of thing of like I'm making way more money doing this than I was being someone's employee. And like in graphic design, you really have to get to like art director, creative director level to make you know 100k plus, like to make real money. Um, you know, and I only ever got to senior designer, so that's like. I, was, I don't know, I was making like 75K Australian. So like, depending on the exchange rate, like 50, 55,000 American. Um, my earning potential now, it's virtually unlimited because I I can create stuff. I can create courses. I can, cre I can get, I can help people in so many different ways that I wouldn't be able to if I was at a company. Like if you, and if you're, you know, kind of tied down by overhead, like you said, you can't pivot and you can't, you can't um, experiment with a lot of stuff, you know? And like, let's say you want to coach coaches. There's nothing stopping you from creating an Instagram account with that and just putting content out and kind of testing the waters. The other thing to think about is, can you do this for the people within your gym already if you're still running one? Just take a couple of coaches under your wing and mentor them and see what it turns out into. Use that to create, you know, these are the documents that I'm going to give people and all that sort of stuff. Like as you gain experience, as you get better and better, because I guess the appeal for someone of this is financial, right? It's like, okay, things aren't going too well financially at the gym or things are going okay, but there's opportunity over here. Um, build credibility, build trust do good work, give a little bit extra every time, over deliver. And eventually you'll become known as that guy who has a gym. You've seen his Instagram account. The photos are amazing. And he'll travel within like, I don't know, 200 miles to take photos within our gym. And he understands what the workout is supposed to be like. So you don't have to direct him. So, you know, suddenly you're going from being a generalist to like, now you're niching down. Now you're becoming like one of one. And that's always been the goal for me. Be the only option um, in a sense. I don't really look at competition or competitors and stuff like that. It's a big pie plenty for everyone to eat, but you should always be striving for being, for like combining the expertise that you have, right? Like if you just went out and, and, and you were gonna be a regular business consultant, like I'm sure you could help people, but who would hire you? You're like, yeah. yeah, a supply chain company doesn't give a fuck what I think. Like, and that would normal. Again, I wouldn't show up at the conference to speak on a panel on supply chain business logistics because yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't even fucking know. I know exactly. one thing. I'm, you know, uh, Sean Pastuch said this. I just and he got done interviewing. I'm an inch wide and a fucking mile deep. Exactly. Right. I got that one thing. Boom. Yeah. But the, you drop, yeah. you drop a penny in that well, you'll never hear it hit the bottom. 
<laughs> you know, that's how deep it is. Exactly. Um, you know what I'm wondering still, like, and this what? is just kind of what you mentioned before about you saving thousands of dollars. Like how many abandoned carts at Rogue where there's a direct result of a coaching call with you of like people just had tons of equipment. Possibly. I don't know, but I, I would imagine a few of at least yeah. a few, at least yeah. a few. Um, you know, the one thing I'll, for anyone listening, if you want to just, I, like, I'm just trying to give value on this, a quick crash course on this. You want to get started on this. Here's the quick crash course on as to how I did it. Maybe it'll relate for you. You go ahead and you have to, number one, again, have something to say that's educational and then have an entertaining way to say it, right? Yeah. Um, do your research on who's currently doing it in your space and see where you can be different, right? Mm-hmm. And don't be different for the sake of being different if it's not authentic, like be you, yeah. okay? Yeah. Second, you need to go ahead and get the proof and the proof in 2015 was nobody was doing side-by-side Zoom calls, like talking and answering questions for gym owners. Like nobody was doing yeah. that at the time. So yeah. they got that out there for free. And then start charging and undercharge, like you said in the beginning. And you don't undercharge on purpose. You undercharge because you have no fucking clue what you're actually worth at the you time. Don't there's, have any there's, idea. there's nothing wrong with that. Now, yeah. develop a reputation and get some good clients and get that going. And then eventually you'll be able to start figuring out what you're saving people, what you're doing for them, what they're willing to pay. I So at $100 an hour, I think yeah. I had 76 clients. Um, that I was seeing at a minimum one to two times per month. Okay. Like I was working a lot. These are hour long phone calls. That's a lot. So I instantly went from one. Oh yeah. I went from $100 uh, an hour and I three X'd it. And now I lost X percent of clients. So now I was working at maybe a third of the time making more money. Yeah. And it was, I was like, best thing I ever did. So I raised prices and I instantly, once I raised prices, now I had even more money to play with. So website, more media, more this, start putting on seminars. Like, and that allowed me to do that. Yeah. And then the biggest thing that I'll recommend, it was in 2016-ish. Yeah, 2016-ish. Mm-hmm. I looked over to Isaac because to, to WTF Gym Talk had like a six-month hiatus where I was like uploading in 2015 and I stopped. Yeah. And then I opened it back up. I took myself off salary at the gym. So my money got redistributed to payroll. And then some, we put some into a retained earnings account, but I stopped yeah. taking, I cut off the hand that was feeding me. So I had to force this WTF thing to fucking grow. And that's yeah. when I fucking Forex my, my, my job in, yeah. you know, a good 18 months. Yeah. Um, There's definitely, there come, there comes a time where you have to go all in. Like I always had, and I'll give my version of like the, the kind of advice, but um, you know, you have that safety net. And I was working for other people for 10 years, the entire time I was freelancing. You know, someone comes along, they need a client, they're starting this, this guy has a company. You mentioned, you say the word, I'm a graphic designer, someone's going to need something. And a lot of the time it's not glamorous work, it's not great work, but I was like, fuck it, I'll take it on because I learned something from this. Even if it's just how to email a client, I'll learn from it. Um, so I did that for 10 years. So by the time I got out on my own, the safety net is gone. Like now this job, this is my job. Like if I don't make money this month, it's this month I make no money. Like that, there's, there's no like three or four grand coming in from the company. Um, so that's, that's great advice. My thing, if you want to get started, like you said, <clears throat> be authentic. I think that's 
when people do this, when I've spoken to them, they're like, what am I going to call this? Is it going to be like exponential consulting? Like, I'm like, just, it doesn't matter. Like you're going to be the face of it, the way you talk, like this is where you don't have to overthink the brand. You know what I mean? Like, cause you are, you are the brand, you are the whole thing for myself with Metcon creative. Um, there's a name for the company, but I don't think too much about how am I going to craft this message? What's it supposed to sound like? Cause it's just coming how I speak it and I make it, it's very authentic and that's your opportunity to do that and to be that. So don't overthink that part. Just start working, get the first job, over deliver on it, get the second job, start charging a little bit of money. And like, look at it. The, the, the biggest advice that I could give is be very curious with how things could go and detach yourself from the outcome as much as you can. You know, like if someone asks you for a quote, send over a nice looking proposal. And if you're just starting out and you don't know what to charge, 3x what you were thinking in your head and just see how it goes. They might say, yes, you might never hear from them again. It yeah. doesn't matter. In the beginning, you're just learning. You're just learning. And as long as you're delivering great work, it's going to be okay in the end. Um, and then when the time comes, take the parachute off and, and, and jump with both feet and, and really make it something uh, where you have no safety net and you have no nothing to fall back on. And then like you said, you're going to, like that's just going to drive you to to make it even more successful but um explore with curiosity give it a go like and and dump that kind of imposter syndrome my friends are going to think this and this person's going to say that who cares just do it anyway do it anyway like just scroll through instagram and so many people are doing so many different things everyone's just giving it a go everyone's trying be one of those people who, who who's trying do it the right way and it might succeed what yeah. do you have to look you have nothing I, to nothing to lose, and I truly believe if you actually have a skill set and you have education and an entertaining way to say it, you easily—I mean, easily—guaranteed have an extra hundred thousand dollars of revenue you can create for yourself at a very high profit margin. Guaranteed. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, guys, as always, I'm going to link Boris's contact information into the show notes. If you have any questions on getting started with freelancing. Or anything like that, or maybe Boris gave you an idea with the the queer eye analogy and the things we were talking about today. Please do not, you know, reach out to him personally on there. If you have questions on my end, please hit me up. Uh, until next time, guys. Boris, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Till next awesome. time. Rock on. All right. Let's see. Hold up, we're not done yet.